Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. It'll be 25% for steel. It'll be 10% for aluminum. And it'll be for a long period of time. Well, so here we go. Uh, that from U.S. President Donald Trump today would seem to catch a lot of people off guard, including officials in his own administration. Well, this is something that Trump's been been musing about. And uh, even earlier today, or like, certainly yesterday, they're suggesting, no, no, there's not going to be an announcement today. Well, there it was. Uh, the U.S. is going to impose tariffs on steel and aluminum. But exactly against whom will this apply? We're not sure. Sounds like China's the main target here, and the U.S. president is using uh, his, his powers under national security provisions to unilaterally bring in these tariffs. So that's the, the basis that maybe it won't necessarily uh, affect Canada, but we're not really sure at this point. No one is, it seems. Came up in the House of Commons day in question period, uh, conservative MP Lisa Raitt uh, put in the question to the prime minister, was the trade minister, in fact, who stood up to answer it. But, but here's, here's what was said. Earlier today, President Trump announced new tariffs, both on steel and aluminum. Canada is the number one supplier of aluminum and steel to the United States. Can the Prime Minister update the House on whether or not he has confirmed with the President of the United States that Canada will be exempt from these tariffs? Honourable Minister of International Trade. Mr. Speaker, as you would expect, we are following the situation very carefully. Any tariffs or quota that would be imposed on our Canadian steel and industry would be unacceptable. Any such decision would have an impact on both sides of the borders. And Canadian rest assured that we will always be there to defend our workers and our steel and industry across this country. And we'll stand firm for Canadian workers. Okay, so I mean, that's the, uh, the, the response you would expect. So obviously, this could potentially be bad news for Canadian steel exporters. And I believe Canada is the largest source of foreign steel in the United States. So this would hit us. But I think the other thing with, with tariffs, and, and we need to understand it here as well, that, that it hurts consumers in your own country. And especially for a product like steel, which is used as an input in, in so many different products, you're just increasing the cost of those products. I mean, it's essentially a tax increase on your populace. And we do this in a lot of ways. Like supply management, we have massive tariffs on dairy products, etc. It's essentially a tax on Canadians. So on the heels of tax reform in the U.S., it seems like the U.S. president is poised here to impose a pretty substantial tax increase on American consumers. Uh, joining us to talk more about all this, very pleased to welcome the program, uh, Dan Eikeson, who is director of the Cato Institute's Herbert Stifel Center for Trade Policy Studies, Cato.org. Dan, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me on. Well, I guess everyone's trying to figure out what this means and, and whether Trump can do this unilaterally. What, what's your understanding of where things are at here? Well, uh, we've seen a lot of reversals in the course of, uh, you know, 12 hours about whether decisions were going to be made. Uh, I, I think... The, the, the utterances that Trump issued earlier today are 
informal, and he will have to sign some sort of an order, and we're not sure exactly what's going to be in it and whether it will include exceptions for Canada and other countries and whatnot, but uh, it's very disconcerting. Uh, you mentioned the costs to downstream industries and consumers. Uh, you know, in the United States, steel-using industries uh, account for 10 times more uh, uh, value-added than the steel producers themselves a much larger share of, of GDP. They employ 57 workers for every one in steel production. And so so this, this uh, authority to impose tariffs uh, in the United States derives from a, a law called Section 232 of the Trade Expansion Act of 1962, which gives the president uh, the power to do basically anything, raise tariffs, quotas, uh, in, in response to a perceived threat to national security. Uh, in my view the the threat that they've identified as bogus uh it was that sort of exception wasn't to be used for something like this but for something much more significant and under the gat wto the you know the international arrangements there was recognition that governments should be able to raise uh, trade barriers to respond to to threats but only in the most uh, unique circumstances and, and really don't do it unless you really have to and by by doing this the united states is opening the gates to other countries to respond in kind and invoke national security to protect their their chosen industries and i'm very concerned that the that the heart of the global trading system is at stake now right nobody wins in a trade war absolutely not and uh you know so uh, canada canada's course of action will be determined i guess after they we all learn what what the what the remedy is but you know some governments might try to pursue action in the wto but that might be too time consuming it's unlikely that the wto would rule against the united states in this case because the dispute settlement body there is doesn't want to uh assert itself uh over a, a domestic government to determine what is a national security threat and what isn't uh so uh, it's unlikely that there'll be cases brought there what would we more likely see is just uh, sort of rogue retaliation against U.S. agriculture and U.S. technology companies and, uh, and other manufacturers. And I, I just, I, I, it's, it's, I'm beside myself. I don't quite understand. Uh, I guess I assumed rationality on the part of the president. And, you know, there are going to be huge political and economic costs to this. And he either doesn't care or he's, he's using a different calculator. Well, it's interesting that if this is a national security argument, then you'd think maybe the president would be framing it that way. But what we heard today from him was very much economic protectionist arguments. Exactly. He continues to refer, he continues to justify this national security invoked uh, provision, uh, decision uh, on foreign dumping and unfair practices and the decimation of, of U.S. industry over the course of the past couple of decades. Well, that's 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 not consistent with uh, uh, what is perceived as a as a threat to national security. Uh, you know that's 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 in the past. Um, there there are 153 U.S. anti-dumping and countervailing duty measures, which are those are laws designed to go after unfair trade. Uh, you know, uh, uh, selling uh, for too low a price in the United States as as though that were a real problem, and uh, uh, countervailing subsidized exports from other governments. So we have 153 measures uh, protecting the U.S. steel producers uh, from exporters in 29 countries uh, selling 21 different kinds of steel. So this is on top of that now. Uh, it, 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 makes, uh, makes, it makes no sense. And uh, this, this day, will, you know, on Monday or whenever he signs uh, this order, that day will go down in infamy. 
like uh, like another like other notorious dates in American history. Well, there's this nostalgia, and, and I think protectionists in Canada play on it, too, that we used to have all these uh, automotive industry jobs. We used to have all these steel jobs. We want to go back to that, those days when, you know, this, the smokestacks were churning and, and all these folks were in, in, involved in the steel industry. Do tariffs, though, lead to jobs? Uh, there's very, very little evidence that that happens. Um, you know, uh, there is an affinity. This administration expresses an affinity for, you know, the halcyon days of the 1950s and 60s and uh you know when when america was the sole economic superpower by by dint of the fact that you know the rest of the world had been devastated after the war uh, no i mean there's increasingly uh been a migration toward automation across industry um, u.s manufacturing jobs peaked in 1979 at about 19.4 million and have been on a downward trajectory Ever since, I mean, the past few years, there, there's been a, some increase in, in high-end manufacturing jobs. But, you know, the, the, the objective of economics is to produce more with less. Uh, you know, you want as much output as possible from as few inputs. It's the job of the economy uh, to uh, continue to create opportunities for people who are no longer needed in certain uh, uh, sectors to be able to migrate into other sectors. And that's where we should be focusing. Protectionism just raises the cost of living for everybody and the cost of production for U.S. business, and, and it, it limits opportunities for U.S. exporters who become the targets of retaliation. So in terms of the, the cost that U.S. consumers might see, I mean, things like vehicles could potentially get more expensive. Uh, where, where else might we see the effect of this? Oh, just, uh, you know, vehicles, appliances, uh, housing, you know, their steel products and, 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 and housing. And, Infrastructure, you know, that Trump has been talking about uh, a $1.5 trillion U.S. infrastructure project uh, bill in the United States, which, you know, some, you know, 10 percent of the cost of that is is steel. So we're talking about, you know, $150 billion of, of, of steel, which is going to be, I don't know, 50 percent higher in price as a result of these tariffs. So taxpayers will get a, a very small bang, for, much smaller bang for their buck uh, as, a, as a result of this. Um, you know, e- even gasoline uh, will be affected because steel is used in, in, in the line pipe and the oil country tubular goods and the infrastructure to extract oil and to uh, refine it and to transport it. All right. Well, as you say, we're, we're still all trying to, to figure out exactly how this is going to work. So um, I suppose more will play out in the coming days on this. But, uh, Dan, we'll leave it there for now. Cato.org, uh, much more at the website. Dan, thanks for joining us here today. appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks very much. All right. Take care. That's uh, Dan Agusson, director of the Cato Institute's Herbert Stifel Center for Trade Policy Studies, Cato.org. So as he sees it, this is pretty bad news. For the U.S., right? And, and obviously, he's looking into that, that, that perspective. Certainly here in Canada, there's cause for concern, other countries too. And then what ends up happening is that countries respond in kind. So this whole thing escalates and everybody loses. We've made so much progress over the years in going the other direction, reducing these trade barriers. So this is a real unfortunate setback. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.